need somebody on a Saturday morning to make that declaration in this place. Ain't no devil in hell gonna hold me down. Why don't you turn around and tell about six people? Ain't no devil in hell gonna hold me down. I'm going all the way. I'm gonna get every promise, every blessing, every miracle. I'm standing on every word from God. Come on, if you believe that in this place, somebody shout in this some haters around the how many of you have learned what to do with your haters you gotta let your hater become your elevator and when the haters come at you uh, you just gotta keep going higher I wish I had somebody in the building that knew what I'm talking Talk about me if you want to, uh, but I'm just going to go higher. Come at me if you want to, uh, but I'm just going to take it a little bit higher. I wish somebody that knows what it's like uh, to face the opposition. Now look, I'm an, I'm an eclectic individual. I was born and raised in the hood. My mama still live in the hood. I feel most at home when I lay down at night and I hear sirens and gunshots. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But, I, but I'm kind of eclectic. And, and, and not too long ago, we, we bought a bunch of chickens. And now we got chickens and goats and a tractor and a barn. I am not a redneck. But I learned something about storms with these chickens. Brother Williams, I, I found out that 
When the, the chickens have this innate sense about them that when bad weather is coming, when the storm is coming, and the clouds start rolling and the thunder starts clapping, you want to know what them chickens do? They run and hide. They take off of the chicken coop and they hide up under the chicken coop because that's what chickens do. But how many of you know what an eagle does when the storm comes? An eagle doesn't run from the storm. As a matter of fact, uh, the eagle has an ability to find out which way the wind is blowing. And instead of letting the wind blow the, the bird, uh, he turns around and faces the wind. Uh, and you know what he does? Uh, he spreads his wings a little bit uh, because he understands uh, the opposition uh, is just an opportunity uh, for me to go higher. He starts riding the waves. I don't know what you've been through this year, but I dare somebody to spread your wings. For the next, I'm not a chicken. I'm not running from trouble. I'm not running from adversity. But baby, I'm going higher. I'm going to go higher. Put your hands in the air. Tell them I'm going higher. Come on. get about 50 people's hands on the way to your seat just get out in the aisles take about three or four minutes and go shake somebody's hand
everybody grateful to be at Saturday morning service at Impact today? You can be seated for just a moment. I want to again say on this last service of Impact 2021, what an absolute honor it has been this week to have every one of you in the house of the Lord with us. Come on, give everybody a great big hand clap. So delighted to have you in the house of the Lord. We pray that you have been blessed this week, that you have been refreshed, that you have gotten a word from heaven, and that you go back to your cities changed and ready to take hell by force. Amen. Amen. The only question I got, is there anybody ready for Impact 2022? Should we do it again? Should we do it again? Grab your phones right now. Pick up your phone, open up the calendar, put it in your calendar next year. Impact will be August the 18th, the 19th, and the 20th. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. We're going to take it higher next year. Amen. And we want you to come back. And uh, as one person told me when I was traveling recently, they said, we want to welcome you here. They said, we'll treat you so many ways you're bound to like one of them. <laughs> Amen. But make plans to be here. It's going to be absolutely incredible. For those of you who have been to Impact the past year or two, then you are very well aware of and have been blessed by the ministry of evangelist Cornelius Williams. I have been acquainted now with this great young man of God for quite some time, and it has been a privilege to be able to watch as God has placed his hand on a willing vessel, and God has continually elevated his voice of influence across our country and God is using this great man and his family in an amazing way in the United States of America he is a voice for this generation and he was here last year and preached a message that left an indelible mark upon the hearts and the minds of everybody that was here if you were here you'll remember him preaching about the cup Anybody remember that? I do not know all that the Lord has for this morning, but as has already been recognized by other people this morning, there is the presence of angelic hosts that have gathered in this place with us this morning. How many of you understand that when we come together, God causes us to sit with Him in heavenly places? All of heaven is interested in what is happening in the earth realm concerning the kingdom of God. And in meetings such as this, it is not just a fellowship of you and I, but I believe it is a fellowship of the host of heaven that come together anticipating what God is going to do in the hearts of every person in this house tonight. Amen. Are you ready for the word of the Lord tonight or this morning? Would you stand to your feet all across the house? It is our custom to stand for the entrance of the word of the Lord into his house. Brother Williams, we're delighted, we're honored that you're here again this year. We know that God has given you something that is apropos to this place. 
And we want you to know that we are with you, we are behind you in whatever direction God has led you to minister this week. One more time, would you put your hands together and give God a great big thank you and praise for this great young man of God today. God bless you. Preach the word. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord in the house. Come on, if you have dominion in your spirit, power in your soul, deliverance in your mind, lift up your voice and praise the one true and living God. Come on, anybody love the Lord? The King of kings, the Lord of glory, God almighty. Amen. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody feel the Lord in the house this morning? Come on, anybody really feel Jesus in the house? Amen, amen. So quickly does conferences end and we have been tremendously blessed to be in the presence of the Lord and what I feel is one of the most critical hours of the earth. Anybody glad to be in church today? Come on, anybody glad to be in the ever-present spirit of the living God. We are blessed to be in his house in another year at Impact International Youth Conference has come. And this is the end of this conference, but this is not the end for this generation. Because we're just getting started. I said, I got a spirit welling up on the inside of me that ain't no devil in hell can intimidate me. No spirit from the adversary can war against me. In the end, the church will win. Oh, somebody clap your hands if you believe that. The church is triumphant. God's kingdom will stand. And God will have a people in the earth proclaiming the truth. That there is one God. Amen, 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 amen. We are blessed. We are glad to be here another year. My family and I have been tremendously fortunate to have had return invitations for the last several years to preach this conference. And those invitations are not lightly considered. And we are humbled. We are blessed. We are thankful for the love, the, the spirit. In the hearts of the leadership, Pastor Williams and his family, his wife, Judah and Isaac. Amen. Anybody love the Williams family? Come on, let them know. Thank you for creating an edifice for young people. Come on, anybody thankful to be at a great conference where you can feel the Holy Ghost? Amen. We are grateful for the invitation. And they have created a tremendous culture here in this church. Amen. We give honor to the local assembly, every hard work and saint of God. Come on, they put in some work, some time, some effort. And making you feel, making you feel welcome 
amen, and ushering us into the presence of the spirit of worship, this incredible band. Anybody grateful for godly anointed musicians? Amen. 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 We love them. Amen. I love my family. Today, my beautiful wife, my prayer warrior at home. Amen. My backbone, my best friend. Amen. My, my favorite traveling partner. Amen. Some preachers like leaving their wives home, not this brother. Praise God. I didn't marry her to leave her at home. Praise God. Amen. And my, our miracle baby boy, Bryson James, is in the house. I thought I knew what preaching with a burden felt like until he was born. And it amplified the spirit of knowing that there's a generation that's in a dark world and we need the voice of God more than ever. I said, we need the voice of God more than ever. And because we need the voice of God, I want to quickly turn your attention to the word of God. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 14 quickly. For your consideration, thank God that this word is being broadcasted in the airways, Holy Ghost Radio, amen, on YouTube. HDR, and I'm grateful for the ministry of Brother Hoffer. Amen. That there are more people hearing this gospel today. Amen. That's in this building. Amen. I, I feel I feel an old spirit on me today of generations of preachers before me that I I would be a fool to push aside the sacrifices, the labor, the consecrations of great men. We need elders in our life. And this week, although they're still young man, I am a younger man. And Brother Buxton and Brother Jackson stepped in this desk. And they were not mere mortal men preaching. They begin to preach the unadulterated word of God. And I've been to enough youth conferences to know that there was nothing glamorous about their preaching. There was nothing pretty about the sermons that were preached, but we don't need pretty sermons. They begin to preach the word of God and the Spirit of God began to move in the house because at the end of the day, the word that was in the house was just preach Jesus. Just preach Jesus. And if you preach Jesus and latch a hold of the Spirit of God, there's a prayer welling up in this generation that we don't change this message. I said we can't change this message. Anybody hearing the preacher today, we cannot I refuse to change this message. And the Lord began to press on my spirit before this conference began. And I struggled. I struggled all the way up to nine days before this conference, praying that God would give me a word for this conference. And I was 
not hearing anything at all because what I felt in my spirit to preach, I said, God, is no way. But that's a youth conference message. I said, God, it has to be another message. There has to be another word. No, nobody wants to hear this word. But God is a God that can see further than you can see and knows more than you know. And he knows exactly what word we need. Hey, it's the simplicity of the gospel that's going to get your children to heaven someday. Anybody believe in the word of God today? Come on, anybody still believe in the doctrine of God today? Anybody still believe in the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Oh, clap your hands if you're thankful for the word of God in the house. And so with the help of God, I'm going to preach today with a burden from heaven. I'm going to preach like it's my last time to ever step in the desk and preach the word of God. Romans 10 and 14, when you have it, shout amen. The Bible says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him and whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Somebody shout preacher. Come on, shout it again, shout preacher. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Somebody say preach the gospel. Now preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. There is a remnant at stake in the earth today because if the adversary had his way, he would destroy every edifice of salvation that's called the church. And if he could, not only would he destroy the church, but he would destroy the voice of God in the earth. But I've come to declare a spirit in the house that as long as there's a church in the earth and as long as there are souls that need saving, there's always going to be a preacher. Anybody hear me preach to you right now? I said, as long as there's a soul that needs to be pulled out of the grips of hell, there's going to always be a preacher preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I've come to serve notice to hell on this last service of this conference and preach from my soul, from this thought, long live the preacher. Long live the preacher. Anybody feel the Holy Ghost right now? Come on, if you need the word of God to get a hold of your spirit and leave this conference with dominion and a word from heaven, I want you to lift up your voice and shout, Long live the preacher. Long live the preacher. Long live the preacher. Long live the word of God.
Somebody shout, long live the preacher. Amen. Clap your hands one more time unto the Lord as you're being seated in the house. Long live the preacher. I want to tell you this morning that I'm so grateful that we can come into this house and feel the anointed spirit of God that we feel in this service right now. Anybody grateful for the spirit of God? Come on, anybody really grateful for the spirit of God? And I'm grateful for the spirit of God because there is a dynamic, there is a pattern, there is a beautiful place between eternity and time where God has a way of meeting his people. We felt them this week. We felt the word of God. We've heard the spirit of God speaking. And there is a beautiful relationship between the way that God communicates with his people. I just want to tell you that God is still speaking. I said God is still speaking. The transition between heaven and earth, there is a dynamic that weighs in the middle. There is, there is a pattern that unfolds when God begins to talk to his people. Though God invisible and nature majestic in power, there's something about his nature that he conceals his glory because no man has seen God and live. God has concealed his glory, but even in the concealment of his glory, God still has a way of being very, very, very close, ever present, close to his people. So close, so close that God in the loving kindness of his nature has a way of talking to you and loving you and being infatuated with you when nobody else would give you a time of day. Can I tell you, I'm so glad that God still talks to me. Anybody hear me in the house? I said, I'm so glad I can lift up my hands and feel the Shekinah glory pressing down on my spirit. I'm so glad I can clap my hands and feel the ever-present glory of God step into the... Somebody say, God is still speaking. Although we... We as people, many of us cannot say that we have heard the audible voice in the tones of our ears, hearing the thunderous roar of God's voice in our ears. God is still speaking. How is he speaking? What is the purpose of his voice in the earth? I'll tell you why we need the voice of God in our ears. Can I preach to you for a little while? I'll tell you why it's important that every young person in this conference uh, learns to differentiate between the holy voice of heaven and every screeching voice uh, from hell. Uh, it's because God's voice is not the only voice uh, that will get in your ear. Uh, God's voice is not the only voice uh, that's alive in the earth. Uh, God's voice is not the only voice uh, that's preaching in the earth. I wish I had about five people that would help me preach right now. Can I tell you that God's voice is not the only voice that's talking? 
can I, can I just tell you that the Bible declares in 1 Corinthians 4, 14 and 10, for there are, it may be so many kinds of voices in this world and none of them are without signification. What that means, young people, is that God has a remnant called the preacher that's alive in the earth, but God's ministerial cloak is not the only voice that's speaking in this generation. Oh, I'm just going to preach like I feel like preaching. I said God's voice is not the only voice that's preaching to our children. God's voice is not the only voice. Can I just help you out today? Can I just tell you what I feel? Can I tell some parents that we got to be so careful and guard our children with our lives because there's preachers that are preaching and if you're not careful, your children will begin to digest every voice that Satan is propagating in the earth. Well, I'm just going to tell the truth right now. Can I just preach in the house? Can I tell a mama right now? I've come to preach to young people, but let me help the parents right now. Can I tell you, if you haven't been to the place of understanding to know why we preach with a fervency, the way that we do is because hell is trying to get in your home and the Satan is trying to destroy your children. I pray somebody nod your head and say amen. Can I tell you uh, the reason why I got to preach with a spirit uh, saying long live the preacher uh, is because hell uh, is sending these preachers uh, after your family. Uh, hell uh, is sending preachers uh, after your generation. It makes me sad to even think that people would have the audacity to question the goal and to even have an inkling of a question in their mind of saying, why in the world do you preach against Hollywood? Oh, I wish I had three folks in the house. Why in the world do you preach against Hollywood? It's nothing wrong with it. It's not that bad. But there, I can't, I've come to tell somebody that hell, that hell has a voice. And Hollywood didn't come from heaven. I'm going to say it again for the church in the back. If you let your children prop up a pulpit in your living room or a pulpit on their iPhone or a pulpit on their iPad, you letting hell's preachers preach to them. I wish I had some folks on the left side that'll help me preach. When you let your children digest the preachers of hell, you letting preachers preach adultery into their spirit. You letting preachers preach fornication into their spirit. You letting preachers... Oh yeah, there's a doctrine being preached and if you're not careful, your children are going to be confused trying to figure out how two men can co-parent and raise a child because that's what hell is preaching. God, I feel a spirit on me right now. I've come to tell somebody, be careful of the voices that you listen to because hell is preaching. 
Oh, oh yeah. Can I just help somebody right now? Hell is preaching in the earth. That's the carnality of the spirit of the adversary that's preaching loud and proud. They're marching in the streets for social justice and they're preaching false doctrine of, of, of race, critical theory, critical race theory. But can I tell you, there's only one message that's going to get your children to heaven. I said, there's only one message uh, that's going to pull your children uh, out of the grips of Satan. Uh, and it's be holy, uh, for I am holy, uh, said the Lord. Uh, long live the preacher. Uh, long live the preacher. Uh, long live the Hey, you ought to lift up your voice uh, and thank God uh, that there's always a man uh, of God preaching uh, the truth. Hey, there's always going to be a remnant alive, undefeated, never losing, as long as there's a church in the earth. It's the remnant of the preacher. It's the clergyman of God. It's the cloak of the ministry. It is the voice of the preacher. I'm a young man. I haven't lived all life's experiences, 31 years old. I haven't preached that long enough to know. But can I tell you that there is something supernatural that transpires when the man of God steps in the sacred test and begin to proclaim the truth of God's word. Can I tell you what this generation does not need? We don't need powder puff preaching. No, I don't know if you're hearing me. Uh, we don't need glittered and glamored gospel. But we need strong backbone, uh, unwavering, unshaking, uh, unmoving, uh, unadulterated uh, word of God uh, that will flow out of the mouth uh, of this desk uh, and get a hold uh, of your children. Hey, you ought to clap your hands and thank God for a preacher. Thank God for your man of God. Thank God for the word. Hey, I don't know if you feel like I feel, but I thank God for a preacher that'll tell the truth, that'll preach the gospel. I don't know if you're with me this morning. Uh, can I tell you, uh, I'm so glad that there's men uh, that will stand ten toes down, uh, two feet flat on the floor, uh, and tell you uh, God is real. Uh, hell is hot. Uh, sin will... I don't know if you hear me. Uh, holiness is right, uh, and Jesus say. Can I tell you, I don't understand all there is to know about preaching. But the Bible tells us that there's something about the nature of preaching that no voice in the earth can ever do. The Bible, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 1 and 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. I wish I had some help in the house. 
the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. Them that perish. This kind of exhortation is foolishness. Oh, but Pastor Paul had something to say about the church. But he said, but to us which are saved, it is the power. The power to pull you out of hell. The power to save your children. The power to put your marriage back together. It's the power of preaching. Long live the preacher. God, I feel something in the house right now. Can, can I help you out right now? He went down a few verses later in verse 21, he, and he began to tell them. He said, for after in that the wisdom of God. Somebody shout wisdom. After that the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. Can I just hurt somebody's feelings in the house? Is anybody still preaching with me right now? Can I just step into the crowd of intellects in the house right now? All the smart folks in the house right now. The Bible said that the world by wisdom knew not God. Which means that your IQ will never be high enough. No. Your degrees can never stack up on the wall far enough. I'm just here to help somebody in the house. Your intellectual astuteness will never be great enough to understand the glory of the majestic nature of God, the spirit of the holy God of heaven. You need a preacher. Hey, you need a preacher. You need a preacher. You need a preacher. Because it is the paradox of preaching. The Bible says, but, but it pleased God that by the foolishness of preaching, he chose preaching to save them that believe. Any believers in the house? I don't know if you hear me. Any believers in the house? Hey, if you believe, you ought to fall in love with preaching. If you believe, you ought to fall in love with the Spirit of God. Can I tell you, uh, there's some things, uh, even as a preacher, uh, I don't understand, Brother Williams. Uh, I don't understand how the foolishness uh, of an anointed man of God uh, can step in a pulpit uh, and preach a 45-minute sermon uh, and get a hold of God uh, and yell to his voice, uh, his horse. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, his voice begins to carry uh, in the crowd of people uh, and chains begin to break uh, off the people. Hey, hey, I've come to tell you, I don't understand how a young evangelist can exasperate his energy and evoke the presence of healing in the house, but it does. I don't understand how the sweating of the face, the ringing of the tie, the drenching of your clothes would cause people to be motivated, to be baptized in the ever-saving name of Jesus Christ. But something happens. But something happens when the preacher gets to preaching. Something 
day something happens and you ought to shout, long live. Long live. Long live the preacher. Long live the preacher. Hell doesn't like plain, unglamour preaching. It's the preaching of Jesus that you heard on, on Thursday night. It's the preaching of this message that you heard last night. This, this is exactly what you need. You need the preacher. You need the preacher. It was in the early days of the kings and the monarchies of men, the kingdoms of carnal mortal men, 1422 to be exact, that the French stood by the bedside of King Charles VI and they began to declare a new declaration. They began to declare a chant that they thought would ring out into eternity because by the bedside of a mortal king, because kings are born and kings of men die. Everybody still with me? They stood by the bedside of King Charles the sixth, with his son King Charles the second looming in the distance. His successor that would come after him and sit on the throne. And they began to declare a chant to the people. The chant was, "Bera es mort, vive le roi." Unless you speak French, you don't know what that means. But the chant declared by the bad side of the king was, the king is dead. Long live the king. Because they knew that the king that had reigned was dying and in order, in order for the kingdom to be propagated and propelled further and expanded there had to be another king that would rise in his place just as powerful just as authoritative with just as much wisdom And so from that day forward, when kings entered in the court, they would shout, long live the king. When the king would go to sit on his throne, they would shout, long live the king. They would bow in obeisance with a hope that the king would reign eternally, that the king would reign with power. Long live the king. Or they did not realize with that Kings of the earth were just men. And their kingdoms will end. But to us which are saved. Oh, I feel the king in the house right now. But to us which are saved, we serve an eternal king, the almighty God majesty of heaven where there is no end to the kingdom because my king is not dead. I don't think you hear me, Satan. Our king is not dead. Long live the king. Long live the king. 
today, you ought to take about 10 seconds and praise the king. Long live the king. Long live the king. He reigns. He reigns. He wins. He wins. Is that all the praise you got for a king? Is that all the praise you got for? When I come in here and I'm lifting up my hands, I'm lifting up my hands with the spirit saying, long live the king. When I bow my face in prayer, I'm bowing down before God. Long live the king. But God is eternal and men are not. Therefore, in the realm of time and mortal men, when God was looking for a warrior, he called Michael. When God was looking for a messenger, he called Gabriel. But when God was looking to pull a soul out of hell's grips, he called a preacher. Because without preaching, without preaching, you can't be saved. You won't be saved. You will not be saved. How shall they hear? How shall they hear without? Is this too plain of preaching for you? How, how shall they hear without a preacher? How, how shall they hear? But the preacher, the man of God that stands in this desk, can I just preach a little while? Because there are three, there are three, three, three preachers that we must allow to be preserved in the earth. There are three preachers. Somebody say three preachers. There are three preachers that we can't let die in the earth. The first preacher is the definitive nature of the clergyman of God that stands in a desk that we call the preacher. Can I just help somebody out right now? I'm going back to the parents for a second. Parents, the reason why you got to shout amen when the preacher's preaching is so that your children will know that you're lockstep and bearer with the man of God in the desk. That you're going to preach the same thing he's preaching in a pulpit in your living room at home. Let all the parents shout amen. Hey, mama. Hey, daddy. Please don't do our generation the disservice of when the preacher's drenching his tire and losing his voice trying to save your soul that you call a family meeting when you get home and say in our house we're going to do it a little different. God forbid, but when the preacher's preaching, you ought to say, say that preacher and say it again. Preach to my children. Preach on hell. Preach on sin. Preach on holiness. We love it. We love it. We love it. Long, long, long live. Somebody shout it with me. Long live the preacher. Gotta be careful because the adversary will want you to tune out the preacher. I'm just gonna take off my, my boots right now and just step off in the mud a little bit. 
I've been in church long enough to know uh, that sometimes the man of God is preaching uh, and my face, my face is glittering uh, and my clothes are drenching wet. Uh, there's some folks would have the audacity to step in this house uh, and their mind uh, is a million miles away. Uh, they ain't hearing a word I'm saying right now. Uh, they don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh, they're thinking about the beach yesterday. Uh, they're, th they're thinking about what they're going to do on Twitter after church. Uh, but when you step in the presence of God, uh, the only thing that matters uh, is the preached word of God. Uh, it's the utterance of salvation. It's the declaration of truth. It's the propagation of the gospel. And people, 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 people get so upset at the, at the man of God, the clergyman of God that steps in his pulpit. But can I help you out right now? I'm just a rambling flesh. I'm a fractured vessel of flesh. I'm just a man just like you. But oh, something happens when you step behind the perimeters of this desk and there's a prophetic utterance when he opens up his mouth. Hey, hey, don't kill me. I'm just a messenger. Don't kill me. I'm just a preacher. You want to sell God? Long live the preacher. Long live the preacher. Hey, you ought to say amen when the preacher's bad. You ought to say amen when the preacher's good. Because when you shout amen, you're saying, let it be so. Let my spirit latch on to the spirit of the word of God. Long, long, long. You know what makes the devil mad, real mad, so, so blood, fire and mad. When you say amen to the preaching and you don't even like it. Some of y'all need to practice that right now. I don't like Brother Williams. I like Brother Randy Williams. Guess what? Whether you like me or hate him, you got to say amen to the preaching anyway. Because it's all good. It's all good. It's the word of God. It's the breath of life. It's the manna from heaven. People, people are funny. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, people are funny. People are funny because in a Holy Ghost anointed service like we had last night, anybody enjoyed the preaching last night? In a Holy Ghost anointed service that we had last night with the message, the doctrine of God uh, was being preached. Uh, can't, you should have saw the faces of the people uh, that when you start talking about holiness uh, and the length of your skirt, uh, people got all uptight uh, and some people had the nerve to be offended. I'm still preaching alone. Live the preacher. Boy, I wish I had some more people standing on their feet right now. Because we get caught up looking at the man, but it ain't the man, it's the message. Oh, I feel like helping somebody in the house right now. I said it ain't the man, it's the message that the man is propagating. 
should have saw the faces of people when he started talking about holiness and how we should live consecrated unto God. The word says without holiness, no man, and might I add woman, no man shall see. That's the word whether you like it or not. Here, here. And sometimes we try to play the preacher. Oh, I'm going to let some pastors off the hook right now. Pastors, you ought to say amen with the preacher in a little bit. Uh, sometimes uh, we try to play the preacher uh, and they say, well, uh, I go to a youth conference uh, and everybody's different. Uh, they all have different standards. Uh, they all have different convictions. Uh, and my pastor doesn't preach like their pastor. Uh, and my pastor doesn't. Oh, I pray some pastors help me preach in a second. Uh, but if you have the Holy Ghost of God, uh, that ain't the only preacher uh, that's preaching to you. Mm. I said if you got the spirit uh, of the living God on the inside of you, uh, there's another preacher uh, that's preaching to you. Can I, just, can I just help the ladies out? I'm over here on the ladies' side. There's always another preacher preaching. There's three preachers. Everybody say three preachers. The first preacher we talked about, and that's fine. We know about that. But the second preacher that we got to allow ourselves to preserve and fall in love with is the preacher of the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you. Can I just help you out for a second? We're in school, and it's school time. Everybody wants to be cool, and everybody wants to hang out with the crowd. But can I tell you that if you start listening to the other preacher that's preaching on the inside of you, if your preacher ain't teaching, on holiness and 10 years you still ought to know what holiness is How do I know? Because when you wake up for school, young ladies, and you just sifting through your closet and you pull out one skirt and you pull out And you're trying to figure out which one you should wear that day. How about you fall on your knees and begin to communicate with the preacher. And the preacher will tell you which one is too short and which one is holy. Oh, I wish somebody would hear me in the house. The Holy Ghost would tell you don't wear that. That ain't holy. That ain't what the preacher's preaching. That ain't what the preacher. Hey, the preacher's preaching. He's preaching long. Live the preacher. Paul, I wish I had some ladies saying amen. Come on, say it again. On to the brothers. My good wannabe preacher brothers. Reason why you got to not only hear your man of God that's being the direction and instruction for your life is because he ain't the only preacher that's preaching to you. I watch all these young men on the platform. Young men, let me tell you something. If you was on this platform last night, you need to hear what the preacher's saying to you right now. You got to check in with your pastor and you got to check in with the spirit. If you're thinking about dating that girl that you think so fine that you can't resist. All the ladies say amen. 
Because if you check him with the preacher on the inside of you, uh, he'll tell you uh, if she's an asset uh, or she's going to be a liability uh, to what you call a ministry. Uh, when you check in with the preacher, uh, when you check in with the spirit, uh, the spirit will let you know, uh, thus said the Lord, uh, she ain't good for you. Hey, I'm preaching to hell right now. Long live the preacher. Long live the preacher. Long live. I know what I'm talking about. Because Paul knew what he was talking about. Romans 16 and 13, he said, how be it when, when the spirit of truth, somebody say the spirit, how be it when the spirit of truth is come, after that the Holy Ghost has come, not only shall you receive power, but you shall receive everlasting guidance into all truth. And the Holy Ghost will tell you, don't hang out with them, don't talk to them, don't don't like that picture on Instagram. Don't. The Spirit of God will talk to you. I said the Spirit of God will talk to you. But thank God for a spirit of truth. I said thank God for the spirit of truth. Somebody shout truth. I'm almost done. I ain't preaching as long as I did at Pete. Praise God. Dad used to tell me the story. And I want to tell you, young people, you ought to fall in love with your man of God. Hey, ain't no, pe ain't no preachers paying me to say this. I'm just telling you what this generation need. You got to fall in love for your preacher because hell is preaching. Hell is preaching, Mother May. Hell is preaching. And we need people to fall in love with the doctrine of God, to fall in love with the pulpit of God. I was a young boy. My dad used to tell me a story. It's just a story. So don't get offended. This is not real. It's just a story. Everybody say it's just a story. Fictitious. It's just a story. My brother knows the story. My dad used to tell me about a young, a young man. A young man around you guys' age, a young, young man, young, young man, and all of a sudden he woke up one day and he was in flames of torment in hell and he began to walk around hell. It's just a story. He began to walk around hell and he was picking up heads of men, looking at them and putting them back down and he was on a mission and he was walking around hell picking up heads and putting them down and all of a sudden Satan cried out to him and said, hey! What are you doing? He didn't listen. He didn't heed. He just kept walking, picking up heads, putting them back down. He was walking ferociously upset, picking up heads and putting them down. And Satan said, hey! Kept examining faces, kept looking around, picking up bodies, moving around, picking up heads. And all of a sudden, Satan got so upset that he walked up to him and said, hey, stop. 
the man looked Satan in the face. He said, I'm looking for that man that told me a lie. Because if I'm here, he's here too. Can I tell you, young people, you better cry and pray and thank God for your pastor. You better... You better thank God for the truth. Fall in love with the truth. Ye shall know the truth and the truth shall. Long live the preacher. Long live the preacher. But the Trevor long live the preacher. I'll tell you why we got to fall in love with the truth of preaching. It's because there's an antichrist seductive spirit that's been in the earth since the Bible days that always has it out for the preacher. It's all right if I just keep on preaching. It's always a seductive spirit from hell, that Jezebel, foul, ugly spirit that will raise up his head, that wants to cut out the tongue and muzzle the ox of the man of God. But you ought to shout every Sunday, Wednesday, and Bible study day, long live the preacher, long live the preacher. But the truth of the matter is, Brother Williams, the reason why God's kingdom is undefeated is because you can't kill the preacher. I don't care how much hell wants a PC culture and wants your feet to be rubbed and your back to be massaged. Sometimes you ought to let the word of God rub your hairs the other way and let the hairs on your neck stand up. And God tell you, if you don't get sent out of your house, you're going to hell. If you don't. Oh, yeah, you don't like that. I said hell. I say it again. Hell is hot. Hell is hot. Hell is hot. And if you don't listen to the preacher. You can't say that. You will offend somebody. PC, PC, PC. I'll tell you the only P that matters is the preacher. Because politicians, if you get, let them get in your ear, they'll have you on this side and that side. If you let the CDC tell it, there's an encrypted message every week and their doctrine ain't staying the same. But I'm preaching an unadulterated, unwavering truth of God that except the man is born again of the water and the spirit. You can't be saved. It ain't a way around it. You need the preacher. You need the preacher. You First Kings 19 and 1, the spirit of Jezebel thought that because a man of God was preaching like I'm preaching on the top of Mount Carmel in front of 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the grove and he was preaching against idolatry. I said preachers still preach against idolatry. I said preachers, real men of God uh, that don't care what the world says uh, and don't care what the enemy says. Uh, they're going to preach the truth. Uh, so help me God. Uh, preachers preach against idolatry. 
And she thought, she thought because she was the queen of the kingdom that she had a right to say in God's kingdom. But Elijah stood flat-footed with a firm backbone and saying, if you don't cast these idols down, there's only one true and living God, and his name is Jesus. She tried to scare the preacher. And in verse 2, she, she sent a message to the preacher and say, oh, hey, Mr. Preacher Man, I got a message for you. By this time tomorrow, you're going to be a dead man. You ain't going to see the light of day. I'm going to shut up all that preaching. But I've come to serve notice to hell and the devil that you can't kill the preacher. I don't know if you're hearing me right now. You can try it, but it won't work. Because if you kill Elijah, there's always an Elisha. If you kill Elijah, there's an Isaiah and a Jeremiah. There's another one and another one. There's always another preacher. There's always another man of God. There's all. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's always another T.W. Bowens, a J.T. Pugh, a, a verbal being, always another preacher. Saul thought he could kill the preacher. In 1 Samuel 22 and 18, he lined up 85 preachers in a row and he commanded Doag the Edomite. He said, take your sword and chop their head off to pieces. But can I tell you that the world's kingdoms will fall, but as long as God has a kingdom set up on this earth called the church, there will be a preacher. Elijah, she can kill you, but I got 7,000 more preachers waiting to preach against sports. Well, I'm going to say it. I pray I make every, I, I pray somebody calls me this week and say, you can't preach like that. Uh, because there's always going to be a preacher uh, that will preach against the end time spirits uh, of homosexuality uh, and lesbianism uh, and adultery uh, and fornication. Uh, hey, we preach against lying. Uh, it ain't the big stuff. Uh, the little sinners send you to hell. Because the preacher loves a soul, but God hates the sin, and his message is clear. Preach, preacher, preach. Preach, preacher, preach. Preach on, preacher. Preach on, preacher. They tried, they tried, they tried to burn this doctrine at the states, but they couldn't do it. Brother Elder. They tried to chop off the head of truth, uh, had the guillotine, but truth is still living. But if you don't hear the man of God, the preacher, and if you're tuning out and quenching the Bible, says 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19, quench not the spirit. You can quench the spirit, but you can't kill the spirit. How you going to kill a kingdom that you can't see? 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, and God can see every demon in hell uh, before you even know it's attacking you. Uh, I said God knows uh, what the preacher has to say uh, to get you off of your pew. Uh, you can sit there if you want to. Uh, but there's a spirit lingering uh, in the house. Uh, there's a Jesus message in the house. Uh, there's a don't please, please. Uh, don't mess with the message in the house. Uh, there's a preacher. But young people, I'm almost done as we come to the music. Young people, we're going back to school. Some of us are in school right now. And I pray we plead the blood of Jesus. I'm preaching to this generation right now. Mama, when you, I remember my mama, when we used to wake up for school every, every morning, every morning before we got on that bus from as long as I can remember. Brother Williams, we would hold hands in the living room and mama and daddy would pray, God, keep my children. Please your blood over my children. God, keep your hands. Because when they get to school, hell's going to be preaching to them. Is this all right today? I'm almost done. We should all be happy right now. If there's anything, if there's anything that Hollywood does get right, has anybody ever seen the cartoons, uh, the illustration of the angel on one side and the demon on the other? Anybody? I'm not condoning Hollywood. I just preached against it for. But they got it right. And what they were illustrating was the other preacher. The preacher that none of us can kill. Because since the days, hear me, since the days of the garden, men always wanted to hear another voice. Because the Bible said that the voice of God walked with Adam in the garden. But the voice of God was not enough. Because when the serpent, serpent showed up with another voice, whispering something that sounded good, Eve said, I like that voice. Hey, listen, you got to be careful listening to every preacher that you can find on YouTube. Young preacher, hear me? Listen, every preacher's different. I'm, I'm a different guy. I'm a weird guy. I accept that. But can I tell you that's something that really aggravates my spirit when, 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 when guys begin to reference commentaries of men, men that, that, that claim to have the wisdom of the world is because it's not the wisdom of God. They don't preach the same message I preach. They don't believe it's one God. They don't believe the essentiality of baptism. That, that means that everything else they're saying, it could be wrong. But the Bible says that in the garden, in the midst of the garden was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge, the knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil, which represents the age of consciousness. Can I tell you that nobody in this room has an excuse if you don't listen to the preacher. There's no excuse 
You can hate the preacher. Say, I don't like the preacher. I don't like his messages. His sermons are terrible. If you don't listen to the man of God and you don't listen to the spirit of God, young people, you still don't have an excuse for not living right in this dark and filthy Because Eve opened up the door for another preacher that every last one of us was born with. The third preacher, the third and final preacher is the consciousness of man. Hey, nobody tells children to lie, but when they stick their hands in the cookie jar, the conscious man is telling them, don't do that. And the flesh is standing on the other side and say, lie, lie. But you can't escape the consciousness of man. It's an eternal preacher that will forever be preaching. Can I tell you how consciousness works? Any young people, just, just raise your hands when I ask you this. Any young people, you were going to do something wrong. And there was a small voice that said, don't do that. Yeah, that's the preacher preaching. You don't need the Holy Ghost uh, to have a preacher working uh, on your soul. Uh, the preacher's preaching. Live right. Uh, God is real. Uh, the preacher's right. But we got, we got to realize we live in an age where people will tune out the man of God. And they will quench the spirit of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But not only that, I know, I know. How do you know that your, your conscience is even right? God gave it to you. It's the knowledge of good and evil. And Paul said it like this, Romans 9 and 1. He said, I speak the truth. I lie not. He said, my conscience, the preacher, the preacher on the inside of me, also bearing witness in the Holy Ghost. That means when you don't want to say amen to the preacher, your consciousness is telling you he's right. You can clog up your ears, but the preacher's still preaching. Live right while you can. Turn to God while you can. There is a God. There is a message. There is a church. And the church has a preacher. First Timothy 4 and 1, the Bible said that the Spirit speaketh expressly. God's talking. Anybody hear him talking? Stand to your feet all across the house. Everybody, everybody. The Spirit is speaking expressly. You've heard doctrines on Jesus' name because there's no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must, we must, we don't have a choice. We must be saved. You've heard messages on the doctrines of God and the reason why Brother Jackson preached the doctrines of God is because the Bible says in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Can I give you a newsflash? Departing of the faith is not applicable to those that are never in the faith. That's the church, folks. 
Hey, God's preaching to these young people right now. This ain't talking about the sinners. This is talking about born again young people that know the truth. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. And if you... And he that knoweth to do good and do it and not, if you ignore the preacher, it is sin. Young people won't backslide. Hear me, young people. I hope the Holy Ghost is talking to you right now. Young people won't backslide because they don't like praise and worship in church. Young people won't backslide because, because they don't like feeling the presence of God. Because even sinners, they have to admit that it's something that gets a hold of you when you step in the sanctuary. Young people, no, they won't backslide. They backslide because some would not fall in love with the truth. Brother Williams, you could have, you didn't even preach with props. The word of God needs no propping. Just preach Jesus and him crucified. Uh, I didn't come with you with, with an intelligent word uh, of men's wisdoms. Uh, I've come preaching the word of God. Uh, I've come to preach Jesus. Uh, I've come to preach Jesus. Uh, I've come to preach uh, long live the preacher. Uh, long live the preacher. Uh, long live Young people, I want you to begin to pray and hear me at the same time. Begin to pray. Because we're stepping in a war zone where hell is trying to preach another truth, trying to preach another message, trying to preach another doctrine. But we don't preach doctrine of devils. There is no other doctrine. There is no other way. There is no other message. I said, hear me. Can I tell you? I may, I may make some folks upset saying this. As hard as we can pray, I don't believe that the greatest prayer meeting is here on earth. I think the greatest, most extensive, affluent prayers of the prayers of voices in hell saying, I wish I can pray again. I wish I can feel God again. God, get me out of this torment. God, get me out of these flames. The spirit of the rich man that cried out from hell in Luke 16 has said, if, if they could just but drip, if they could but just drip a tip of water on my tongue. I don't think... I don't mean any disrespect to any clergyman that wears the cloak of God, but I don't think that the greatest sermons are being preached on earth. Because the consciousness of man is eternal. And when the flesh dies, the conscious man will live. And for eternity, everlasting, for everlasting, there's going to be a preacher preaching. You should have prayed more while you had the chance. 
You should have listened to the preacher. You remember that service that you just sat there and you folded your arms and you didn't pray when God was convicting your soul? You remember that service that you wanted to be cool because you was worried about your custom suit? You remember that service that you took three hours to do your hair and you didn't want to shout? You remember? The preacher's going to preach and preach and preach. But there will be no salvation in the pulpit of flames. There's going to be a voice that's saying, I could have, I should have, I would have listened to the preacher. I'm not preaching false doctrine because you go over to Luke 16 and the Bible says, the rich man said, can you please send Lazarus? I beg you send a preacher. Tell my brothers, don't come here. Preach to my brothers. Preach to my family. Preach to my... But God, but God looked at, looked at the rich man and said, if they won't hear a Paul Elder, if they won't hear a Randy Williams, if they won't hear a Jermaine Irvin, if they won't hear the man of God, and that's living, that's walking, that's tangible, that can lay hands on a young preacher and let the power of God touch him. If they won't hear the living, they won't hear the preacher of hell. Some people fall in love with this word, fall in love with this truth, fall in love with this altar call, fall in love with it. I said hands lifted all across the house. I feel an old time spirit getting a hold of my soul saying preach, preach, preach. Keep on preaching. I can feel angels coming up behind me saying preach, preach, preach. Hey, Gabriel won't send you a message and Michael can't fight all your battles. It's going to take a preacher to pull you out of the grips of hell. Love. Love. The preacher. Hey, young preacher, your hands ought to be raised and you ought to be crying your eyes out and saying, God, let the preacher live in me. Let the preacher live. I said, young preacher, let the preacher live. Let him live. Let him live. Let him live. I said, young people, let the Holy Ghost be stirred. Let the preacher be stirred in you. That's only one message, and the Spirit of God is preaching. I said, Brother Trevor, lift up your hands. Lift up those hands as high as you can get them. Let the preacher live. Let the preacher live. Let the preacher live. Let the preacher live. You can't escape your conscience. That's telling you live right. You don't have to play the game. You don't have to straddle the fence. Let the preacher.
preacher. Long live the preacher. Long live the preacher. Long live the preacher. Long live the preacher. I said, let him preach. Let him preach. You got to leave here with dominion. Let him preach. You got to leave here with authority. Let him preach. I said, somebody's feeding the preacher right now. There's a preacher in my shoes. Young lady, there's a preacher preaching. There's a young preacher's wife preaching. There's a young missionary preaching. There's a young evangelist's wife preaching. Preach, preacher, preach. Preach, preacher, preach. I'm not letting the word die. I'm not letting holiness die.
Ghost shake the house. You ought to let the Holy Ghost shake the house. It's shaking. It's the thunderous voice of God. It's the prophetic voice of heaven. Preach, preach, preach.
praying, preach to my children. Preach to my children. Don't stop preaching, preacher. Don't stop preaching, preacher. We're saying amen. We believe the word. There's a word that shall not die in the earth. It's the preacher. It's the preacher.
just keep praying to me. If there was ever a day and age, I want you to hear me this morning. You can remain in this posture of prayer. The Holy Ghost isn't finished. If there was ever a day that this word was relevant, it is today. Because every voice of hell is doing everything it can to marginalize the voice of the preacher. Where's Bishop Elder at? Bishop Elder, would you come? Would you come up here with me today? Where's Bishop Elder? Bishop Elder, is he coming? I want you to lift your hands all over this house. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost isn't finished. The Holy Ghost isn't finished. Come on. In Jesus' name. 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 I'm going to tell you what I want us to do today. Here's what I want us to do today. If you're a pastor in this house, I want you to get as close to the front of this house as you can. As quickly as you can. If you're a pastor, would you just come as quick as you can to the front of this house? We have a handful of pastors in the building. Just come as close as you can, as quick as you can. If your pastor is in the building... I want you to get as close to him right now as you can. Pastors, get as close to the front as you can. Bishop, Elder, if you just come up here with me. If you're here and your pastor is not here, I want you to find every other person in your youth group that's here with you, and I want you to get together as quick as you can. I want you to find each other and get just gather together. If your pastor's here, all of you gather together with your pastor. As quick as you can, as quick as you can. Ooh, Jesus. Just gather together, get around your pastor. If he's not here, just get with anybody else that's with your church. Churches, get together. Bodies, get together. Congregations, get as close as you can. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Our world is doing its best at every turn to marginalize the voice of your man of God in your life. I was not raised in church. And at the age of 14 years old, 
can remember it like it was yesterday. It was a Wednesday night Bible study. I was sitting just off the middle of the row, three or four rows back, hurt, broken, in bondage. And one night, this man of God right here, this man of God was preaching under the unction of the Holy Ghost. And he began to preach about eternity. And somewhere in that message, God got a hold of a 14-year-old boy, broken with no father in his life, confusion. I don't have time to go through it all. But somewhere in that sermon, the anointing that was on this man reached through destiny and grabbed a hold of a 14-year-old boy that was sitting on a pew something that night grabbed a hold of me. I couldn't hold on to the pew as God's presence pulled me to an altar of repentance. And I fell on my face. And I, I, I'm just going to tell you what I felt. For the first time in my life, it was like I felt the arms of a loving father reach around me. And I knew this is what I've been looking for my whole life. This is what I've been searching for my whole life. Now I want you to hear me. That experience that night did not come just because God loves me. But there was a God-appointed man that God had appointed for me and it was because of his consecration and his prayer and his fasting and his sacrifice and his answering the call of God that God caused that divine moment in history when God reached for me and the only reason Brother Williams that I'm even standing here today is because of that man right there the only reason you're here today the only reason you're not out there with the world out of all of the millions of people that are lost is because there was a man of God. I can remember I wasn't old enough to drive. My family wasn't living for God at the time. But I knew I had to have this. I'd catch the city bus to get to church. I was desperate. I'd ride an hour and a half around the city after school, and I'd, the bus route would get me there two hours early before church. I'd just sit there. Nobody was there. But there would be times the timing would, would work, and I would get there. Nobody else would be at the church, but there was one vehicle parked in the parking lot. It was the vehicle of the preacher. And I'd walk in the front doors of that little old entryway over on O'Neill Street. And when the door would open, I would hear sounds coming from the sanctuary. And there was glass French doors that closed the sanctuary from the lobby. 
and I would peek my head in, and there would be the preacher. And he was walking back and forth in that sanctuary. Hours before anybody else got there, you know what he was doing? Uh, he was standing on my behalf. God, there's going to be people filling this auditorium. Uh, would you give me a word for them? Uh, would you speak to me for them? Uh, oh, and I, I, there was a little bench. Some people might remember when you walked in just on the right, there was a little padded bench. And I can remember just sitting quietly on that bench because I just wanted to hear what it sounded like. And I hear my man of God wailing out to God on my behalf. It did something to this boy when I realized there's a man standing on my behalf. He's seeking the face of God to give me a word. He's asking God for direction for my life. He's praying against the principalities of darkness that want to drag me back into the pits of hell. I fell in love with my man of God. I fell in love with, I'm going to tell you, there's a story of a woman in the Bible. Is this all right? The Bible says that it became customary every time the man of God would come to town. She invited him over one day, and when he left, she said, you know what? There's just something special about him being in our home and with our family, and and you know what I, I think, Brother Dykes, I, I'd like to build him a place in our house where, where anytime he comes, uh, he's welcome there. And, and we want him to, when he comes, he don't have to worry about what, he, what he's going to eat and he's got a place if he's tired. And I just, I want him to feel so welcome because every time he comes, there's a blessing just being in his presence. And so she built a place in her home for the man of God. And I'm telling you, in your walk with God, there is a place in your life that the man of God cannot build. There's a place where every, every Christian has to come where you cross a line and he's no longer just the preacher, but that's my man of God. He's no longer just the, the preacher. That's, that's my man of God. Something special happens in my life uh, that's connected to, and you have to build a place uh, in your life uh, for the man of God. Uh, you've got to build a place. He can't invite himself. Uh, he can't barge in the door. Uh, he can't come. Uh, oh, but there's something special uh, about a saint of God uh, that said, I got a place in my life uh, that's reserved for the man of God. Uh, there's a place where he knows uh, he can come here anytime. Uh, he can walk in the door anytime. I fell in love. I'm going somewhere. I fell in love with my man of God. I just wanted to be wherever he was. I just wanted to be wherever he was. Sometimes he'd be, he'd be traveling and I'd say, I'm going to miss him so much. I'm coming with him. And I'd scrape up my pennies. And while my buddies were buying their hobby stuff, I was buying plane tickets. I was hopping on whatever rides I had to get because I wanted to go wherever he was going to be. When he was preaching, there I was. If nobody else is going to amen my pastor, I'm, here I am, pastor. I'm, you're my preacher. You're my pastor. That's my man of God. Ooh. 
I remember being a young man, I fell in love with the beautiful Barbara Trujillo at the time. And I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. And there were some people in the church, people that everybody loved, they were kind, they were generous, they had such a, an awesome personality. We loved them. And they came alongside. Now, y'all know I was Poe. Not poor, but Poe. We couldn't afford the other O and the R. We was Poe. My wife and I both grew up in the hood. We were, we were trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to get married? Well, I guess I'm just going to put on my best suit. You put on your best dress. And we just, we didn't know what we were going to do. And, and this family, they tell me to get another mic. This family came. And they had a little bit of money. Is that better? And they said, oh, don't worry about nothing. We felt like God put it in our hearts. We're going to pay for your wedding. Whatever you want. Pick out the dresses. Pick out the, the venue, the food. Don't have to worry about a thing. God spoke to us. We're going to, we just want to be a blessing. We said, oh, thank God. And so we started talking and working, and they said, one, one week they said, why don't you come over to the house for dinner, and we'll work on some of the wedding plans. And we got to the, yeah, we're going to build you a cake. And, and so we got to their house, and we started sitting down at the table, and we're all excited. And, and all of a sudden they said, now, now, let's see, how much time do we have again to get this done? And I said, uh, I said, well, we have six months from our engagement date because my pastor has a rule that if you're going to get engaged, you got about six months to get it done because the fuse is lit. Hello, somebody. And you don't want the TNT to explode before you got the I do's. I can't get no help in the building. That's lit. And, they, and the moment I said that, they went, six months? Well, how crazy is that? Huh? Oh, surely we can get more than six months. Who could plan a wedding in six months? Oh, no, that, that's just not going to work. We're, we're working, that's, that's ridiculous. When that came out of their mouth, God is my witness. My wife's standing here to testify. I pushed my seat back off the table and I stood up. And I said, with all due respect, we don't need any of your help. Thank you for your offer. But we've got this. Let's go. And I turned around and walked out of the building. Because I'm not going to open the door one inch for somebody to start marginalizing the voice of my man of God in my life. It's one thing to talk about long live the preacher. And you not working against your man of God. But what about when somebody else starts coming against your man of God? 
What about when somebody else starts to put questions in your mind concerning what, oh, did, really, I know that's what he preached, but, but really, no, 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 no. There's got to be something inside of you. Uh, what this man of God preached today uh, that says, long uh, live uh, the preacher. I've got a fence uh, around the man of God in my life, uh, and I'm standing guard at the gate, uh, and you can come so far, uh, but if you cross the line uh, right here uh, to my man of God, uh, we're going to have trouble. Uh, I'm going to pull out the sword uh, because long uh, live uh, the man of God. tell you right now you look around this church and we're striving to be the best we can we've got a long ways to go and God's helping us we're, we're nothing, we're nobodies we're just, we're just, God's been so good to us but everything you see happening, everything that's going on wouldn't be possible this conference wouldn't be here you all wouldn't be standing in this conference if it wasn't for my pastor who put something on the inside. And the Bible says how beautiful are the feet. Sometimes, Bishop, this is just how I feel. I just want to get down and say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for my pastor. Thank you for a man that prays for me. Thank you for a man that watches over my soul. Thank you for the preacher. I wonder if there's anybody else in this house. If your pastor's here right now, would you gather around him as close as you can? If he's not here, would you just lock arms with the saints of God from your church? And I want you to begin to pray for your pastor and your pastor's wife. If she's here, women, gather around your pastor and your pastor's wife. Come on, I want us today... Uh, I want us to get something deep in our spirit. Long live the preacher. God, I need my pastor. God, I need my man of God. Would you give him strength? God, would you give him wisdom? God, would you give him long life? Because I need him. I need him in my life. Come on. Come on, pray. Come on, pray. Come on, pray. Pray for your man of God. Pray for your man. You have no idea that behind that nice suit coat, uh, there's scars. Uh, from the demons of hell uh, that he's fought on your behalf. Uh, the lions and the bears uh, that tried to destroy the sheep. Uh, you have no idea uh, 
He's risked his life. He's risked his soul, his family's life, reaching for you, prayed for you, fasted for you, believed God for you, given to you. Oh, come on, Lord, live the preacher. Come on, somebody right now. Somebody right now. You need to let the Holy Ghost uh, build a place in your life uh, for the man of God today. Uh, Come on. I've never seen my pastor the way I see him today. I've never seen my man of God uh, the way that I see him today. God, I want him to know uh, that I'm going to be right by him. God, I want him to know that I've got his back. I want him to know, God, that he doesn't have to worry about me. God, I want him to know he can't preach it hard enough. God, I want him to know I support him in his vision. God, I want him to know I support him with my talents. God, I want him to know that I'll support him with my finances. God, come on. Long live the preacher. This is my man of God. Come on. Pray it personal. He's not just the pastor of our church. He's not just the bishop of our house. That's my man of God. That's my man of God. Come on, saints of God. If your preacher's not here, if your pastor's not here, you ought to bombard heaven on his behalf. You ought to bombard heaven on behalf of your pastor's wife. You have no idea the weight they carry. You have no idea the sleepless nights and the worries. Come on, you want to bombard heaven? Pray for your pastor. Long live the preacher. I wouldn't be here without him. I wouldn't be here without him. The blessing wouldn't be on my life without him. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without them. Long live. God chose by the foolishness of preaching to save me.
try to discourage her, that would try to besmirch her character.